Guten Tag. This is from my friend, I'm Jesus Sierra Crespo, and today my guest is my good friend Thomas Winter, who is a prominent figure in the European polo scene. He's been one of the best polo players in Europe. In 2001, he, he obtained a handicap 5, which was the highest to ever be held by a German player. That's right. He plays internationally, and he's the owner and head instructor here at the Wien Polo Schule in beautiful Hamburg, Germany. Welcome to Flo, my friend. Thank you very much. Thomas. Thomas, what is it about polo that is like a hard drug? I mean, you only need to try it once to be hooked forever, right? Yeah. What is it? I don't, I'm not really sure how to put it, but it's, 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 it is a hard drug. You yeah. try it once, you get crazy. There are lots of um, things that make you feel like you have to redo it, try again and yeah. do it again. And it uh, just catches you badly. Yeah. I think it's a combination of riding, team game, and, um, and ball game, which just yeah. is like overwhelming. Yeah. And, and for people that know nothing about polo, that w give us the basics. How, how this whole thing works, the, the game? Well, you're sitting on a horse, yeah. traveling quite fast. Yeah, very fast. <laughs> very fast. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit a ball, which is um, only about like eight centimeters in diameter. Yeah. Um, uh, with a stick called a mallet, well, yeah. with, a, with a cigar on it, which you try and hit the ball with. Um, you're going fast, you're playing a team game. Yeah. Um, you're on four side on a polo field, which is 300 by 200 meter size. Okay. And you uh, try to put the b ball into a goal. Yeah. Um, together, working together as a team. Okay. Um, and then you have to well, going going fast and trying to do that is uh, what what makes it quite difficult. Very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thomas, polo today is becoming pretty popular, but it wasn't the kind of a sport that you would get exposed to in the schoolyard when you were growing up. <laughs> when you were growing up, right? <laughs> right. For you, it was more a family thing. Yeah. So tell me about this and tell me about the winter polo team. <laughs> well, when I was small, obviously polo was not that popular. It was yeah. not very spread. Um, and I actually was. I grew up in Africa, so not here. Okay. Um, what about in Africa? In Zambia, in Osaka, and okay. uh, that's where my dad also picked up polo at the age okay. when I was at age five years old. Right. Um, I was riding by then already because mom had a polo school there. Yeah. So we were like in, into the riding business already all the time. Um, and when my dad picked up polo, I was five. My brothers were already one and one, two and a half years younger than me. All right. So we grew up with a game, and, yeah. um, and my dad taught us all, and we've also played several matches and and tournaments right. as a family team. Yeah. Um, so it's been very exciting all my life. It's been sort of branded with yeah. polo. And how did you feel the day you became a five-goal polo player and became the best in Germany? That was quite amazing. I was yeah. still obviously quite young then, and I was very, yeah. very, very excited about it. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a surprise at the time. I yep. wouldn't have thought I would have achieved it already then. Yeah. Um, but I was going well and hard, and everybody was also really, you know, I had, I had sort of input from a lot of friends yeah. saying, you know, you're playing really well, and I, you supposedly probably be the best player in Germany one day. Yeah. But that was nice. quite soon was quite quite yeah. quite an exciting day. Polo, like most equestrian sports, polo is becoming more popular, right? Yeah. And uh, well, of course, if your objective is to sponsor a team, like I don't know, what in the polo world is known to be a patron, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you need a very solid financial situation, to say the least. Yeah. But <laughs> but if you, I mean, you don't need to be a millionaire in order just to play, right? Oh. So what's the best? The best thing people can do just to get a taste of polo in a safely manner and see if they like it. Well, there are different ways of approaching, of course. Um, yeah. The best way is probably to find out if you have some polo school nearby. Okay. If not, come to Hamburg, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and watch, uh, see if you can uh, take part in a clinic yeah. for a weekend, like you know, sort of a, um, to get to know the game, the sport, the what what it all means, the the rules, the the, the whole yeah. thing set up with the horses. And that'll give you a very objective um, view of the game and how how to how what it's all about. 
And then you can decide after that if you really yeah. like to pick up the sport or not. So it wouldn't be a good idea just to catch whatever horse you have on your hand and try, right? <laughs> well, you could. The <laughs> thing is, those horses probably will not be very comfortable <laughs> with the stick, and that might be a problem when you're getting yeah. onto them. <laughs> I just stress the safely manner yeah. part in the previous question because, um, I mean, polo can be pretty rough yeah. and even dangerous when played professionally, like, yeah. like you do. But, but is it really that risky to play polo when you are doing it recreationally? That is it riskier than, I don't know, uh, show jumping or skiing or surfing? Or no, I think it's probably about the same sort of style then um, yeah. or, or, or risk you have uh, because if you just like, if you if you take your horse and go riding in the, in the beautiful countryside of Spain or wherever yeah. in the world or in yeah. Argentina, um, you, you'll be riding around and you can do the same sort of thing with that same horse just with a stick in your hand on a nice cut field yeah. and hit some balls around. Yeah. That's not going to be very risky and it's going to be a lot of fun because you have an, an achievement, you have an aim, you're hitting the ball, you're trying to make, maybe just you know put it somewhere special or yeah. dif practicing different shots. So that's an easy way of starting the game and it's going to be a very risk-less way of yeah. starting, of, of riding around too. Mm -hmm. Tell me about what you do here, the Wien Polo Schule here in Hamburg, because I see a lot, lot of people, a lot of young people, a lot of kids around. Yeah. What is it that you do here exactly? We do a lot of teaching. Um, yeah. the, the school is, um, I've been, we've been doing it for a long time now, and my aim is to get in uh, possibly the young people very early, so okay. the young kids and, and, and growing up youth um, coming here, uh, you know, start early, riding early, learning the game early, of course, because of that, they learn very fast, very quickly. Yeah. They get to come become good players. Yeah. Um, some of the guys who come through here now, or in the within the ten best in Germany, seven have been through our school. Wow. So we're quite proud of that of the young yeah. guys, and a lot of other people come here too. Like you know, guys who want to be patrons who want to get better, yeah. want to learn more, or even people who are just sort of entering the game want to find yeah. out how it is if they if that's a game which they can right. consider of picking up and taking care of in the future yeah. with the horses and. Things like that. So it's oh, we good. do. So we co co collect every everybody who wants is interested in polo. Yeah. If they ride or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and put them together and try and make a player yeah. up, a good polo player, player out of them. And have fun on the way. Yeah. Or have fun all the way. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, where do you see polo heading in the following years? Do you think this this um, trend of increasing popularity will continue? Yeah. I think so because we have <coughs> the, 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 there are not many sports left which are have, which have a sort of um, an exclusive uh, surrounding like polo now. Yeah, it used to be golf. It used to be tennis. They will become yeah. very popular sports now. Yeah. very very mass sort yeah, of orientated. Mass, yeah. And that's going to be something which is going to be difficult because you have the horse inside the game. So it's, yep. it's not going to be never, never. I don't think it's ever going to be a really mass game to play. Yeah. But it's going to be m more popular and there's lots of people coming in and also a lot of people who just do it for um, recreational, recreational reasons. reasons yeah. you know, to yeah, enjoy nice. just ha not hacking out anymore just in the woods but doing something while you're doing it with your horse and kind of combining the, the thing is like a lot of fun yeah. and you get more oh yeah. out of it. It's true. Uh, Thomas, what's up with the Argentinians? I mean, it makes sense that <laughs> it makes sense that the general level of players there be high because yeah. you know, they have the pampa; it's the yeah. perfect conditions for breeding and for yeah. playing. Yeah. But but just the quality and quantity of players is just is just overwhelming down there. W what's going on? It's amazing because I think what happened is that uh, often things develop very specially and very much, and, and so where they have where the resources are very good. Yeah. So you have like a niche. In Argentina, yeah, the rest of the world doesn't have a pampa, doesn't have wild gauchos riding around with lassos, you know, herding yeah. up the cattle, yeah. and 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 so they they just swap basically the lasso to the polo stick, yeah, and they could start playing because the pampa was very flat. They just cut up some grass, and they had the horses there also. So yeah. the type of horses you needed, the very stamina, good, uh, you know, in the head, very clear horses, yeah. the criollos, yeah. Um, so it was not f not a far way for them to go to polo from there. 
yeah. which they used. Then they started breeding with the with the thoroughbreds, and never then they had suddenly a very good horse for polo. Yeah. Yeah. And it just developed crazily because they're mm. all in the countryside. They had nothing to do with yes. the patrons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they mixed the, the Criollo horse with the with thoroughbreds, the thoroughbreds yeah, right? And they made that, that made a very good breed for yeah. polo. And, um, and because they had the time and the, and the place to do it, I think it just developed yeah. immensely quickly past every yeah. everybody else in the rest of the world. So polo down there is like surfing in Hawaii or football in Germany, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> something, Quite sure. something but yeah. very big for sure. Bigger yeah. than anywhere else in the world yeah. compared to p population. Yeah. And of course, in the polo world, I mean, Argentina is now known as the, the nation for polo sports, yeah. as, as, as it is. Yeah. And talking about breeding, I mean, it is down there in Argentina that most of the best horses are being bred right now. Yeah. But things are changing here in Germany too, right? Right. Tell me about the the German polo polo horse. We have started breeding our own horses here. Yeah. O obviously, the basic was Argentine blood yeah uh, so we brought over some good mares yeah. which we played and we realized that we can keep them here and we yeah. uh, we brought over one or two really nice stallions too from okay. the Higgies and stuff and which we started breeding with them so now we have a yeah. sort of a german polar breed okay of own horses population is growing and yeah. we have the first um, like six seven years old now playing tournaments yeah and doing and well they're yeah. doing really well so we're all very right. very happy about that and we have the all the breeding associations behind us which That's are great. very happy that we're doing it yeah. and the sort of north and south germany are basically the main places but north is the north german is the now the biggest place wow. for breeding polo ponies in Germany. Nice. So getting better. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. also. It's, it's very enjoyable to see them grow up. Yeah. And and talking about breeding, if you had this 3D biological printer <laughs> and you could just print the perfect <laughs> polo pony, the perfect polo horse, yeah. horse, how would it be? Like morphologically and psychologically, this horse? Well, it would be beautiful, of course. Yeah, important. <laughs> I love black horses, dark yeah? horses, okay. brown horses. Things like that. Also, a Pinto, but I mean, apart from that, they would have a perfect body shape with a little higher in the back. Okay. Um, good withers, nice clear eye, uh, you know, a very a beautiful neck formed with a beautiful head at the top of it. Okay. Um, I would say it's got not too long legs, not too long back. Mm -hmm. Compact horse. Compact horse, yeah. very good proportions. Very easy to move left and right. Okay. Easy to stop, accelerates quickly. Okay. Um, it has a very clear head, which will do everything you want without, okay. uh, you know, thinking about it. Um, very obeyive to the to the rider, keeping cool under fire, keeping always cool, <laughs> always cool, <laughs> and even under fire, going flat out and coming yeah. back and relaxing imme immediately. Yeah. That's sort of the type of horse I would print. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what about the perfect polo player? How, uh, uh, how I mean, what does it take to be very good at this sport? Well, you have to be. There's no doubt that you have to be a, have a, some some sort of a basic physical strength. Okay. I mean you have to be fit because it's a long game. Um, if yeah. you're playing in Argentina, it's six chakras. Sometimes wow. eight chakras in the highest level. Europe, it's normally four chakras, but even four chakras, is, is, is physically, you have to be really fit to do that. Okay. Um, you have to have mentally, you have to mentally, you have to be quite a clear in your head. You have to understand the rules, which are very complicated in polo sometimes. Okay. Um, you have to be a good team player. You have to have overview. You have to know how to hit a ball. Those are lots of qualities, though. <laughs> not not missing, of course. You have to be able to ride properly. Yeah. <laughs> so put that all together, and okay. you have a really good polo. And player. that makes a good polo player. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Uh, if neither polo nor horses existed, what would um, Thomas Winter do in life? I'd probably be very bored, first of all. Very bored <laughs> and sad, right? Uh, very sad. <laughs> but if I wouldn't know that, probably, I'd, I don't know, I'd probably be in business. I did a beautiful thing. I was in de I was in a development business before I came. Uh, okay. I became a professional polo player. Um, and that was, um, that was uh, I enjoyed that a lot, organizing mm. things, talking to people, being outside, right. inside the office. Okay. That was something which I really enjoyed before uh -huh. I got to polo playing professionally. When you're in a cocktail party and people ask you what do you do, how do you answer that? 
Well, it depends on what sort of cocktail party yeah. it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but most of it, well, of course, at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm a professional rider, a professional okay. polo player. So it boils down to that. But I sort of go around it carefully but to start off with to find out how the interest is, is of, right. of the guy asking yeah. for the woman. Yeah. Uh, but then at the end, of course, it's always fun talking about it and everybody's very interested at the end oh. of the day. So it's Okay. <laughs> Tell me about how you get things done, Thomas, because, I mean, you are a very, very busy person. You, you run this place. You are the head instructor here. You play internationally all over yeah. the world. I mean, you do tons of things. Uh, <laughs> do you have habits or rituals that help you, I don't know, be more productive, effective, being centered <coughs> in what you have to do? And well, uh, yeah, I have I have one thing, which, but everybody hates me for that. I what? have a lot, a lot of little pieces of paper hanging around in my office. All right, that's good. <laughs> so I put everything I have to do or I think about or I have an idea, yeah. I always have to note it. I'm a very visual person. Okay. I can't keep it in mind, or I can, okay. but it sort of gets lost within the two days. Okay. So I have to write it down. And once okay. it's written down, I have it in my hand, but I also have the backup of the on the paper. So mm. that's something that hurts me a lot because I have to do the yard, I have to do the school, I have to play myself professionally, I have to get my horses organized yeah. and the school horses. So it's a lot of fac facets I have to take yeah. care of. And so that I don't forget something. I think that's helped me a lot throughout the years. Everybody right. around me who helps me in this business is yeah. a bit um, worried with all my papers. But <laughs> <laughs> the but chaos, I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> but it works. It works. It works. It works very well. And on that note, is there any habit that you don't like that, that you have that you're trying to get rid of or that you're trying yeah, to quit? Yeah, I think probably also my wife is um, very annoyed about me for that. It's I just can't say no. Okay. Well, so if somebody <laughs> comes up and says, you know, can you help me here? Can you do this for me? Or can you check this? Or yeah. can you find a horse? I mean, that's, I'm always like, yeah, of course I can do that. No problem. And that's, yeah. uh, to say no is really difficult for me. Yeah, that's really a widespread problem, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially my business. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Could be anything. Personal, polo, business, whatever. I think it w it works for a lot of uh, subjects. Um, a friend mm. of mine once told me um, in, a, in a match we were playing and yeah. things were not going very well, yeah. and we sort of screwed up a bit. Yeah. And it said uh, uh, he told me he said he said me a very wise thing, and it was um, losing is learning, winning is earning. Yeah. And some that can you can put in all sorts of different aspects, aspects of life, and yeah. I think that's helped me a lot through different things because you just even if you something goes wrong, you can learn out of it and do it yeah. better for the next time, and then you start winning again. So it's true. That was um, that helped me a lot. Right. When you hear the word successful, what yeah. person comes to mind, Thomas? For me, um, a very good friend of mine, yeah. um, Albert Dabovan. Mm -hmm. who's um, the, the the boss of ED Cafe in Germany. Okay. And he's very, I, I played some polo with him for 15 years. And it's for me, he's like the guy I would, if I wanted to think, look up to somebody yeah. or see somebody, I think that would be him. Really? And uh, is there any historical figure that you admire or any, I don't know, person that you look up to or whatever? Um, I really admire um, one of the best polo players in the world who at the end of 50 managed to get to 10 goals again. Really? Winning the Open. Uh, Mariano What's Aguirre. his name? Mariano Aguirre, which Mariano Aguirre. Was, that was really fun to see that. He won the Open with the, the Paris brothers and mm -hmm. um, and ma managed to achieve his handicap 10, which he yeah. had before. Yeah. Again, with the with sort of end of 40s, beginning yeah. of 50s, which was for me a big... Um, yeah. um, um, Being a 10 goal uh, player again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great thing to see happen. Has there been any book or film or documentary in your life that has impacted or has changed the way you see life? Yes, I <coughs> I read a book and I, I went to meet the guy and did a clinic with him, Reggie, uh, not Reggie, sorry, um, um, Monty Roberts. 
Monty Roberts. He wrote he a book about how horsemanship and yeah. stuff. And yeah. I went and worked with him for a week and uh, for two weeks in, in um, California. Yeah. And that has changed the way I sort of see horses, see the way to treat horses, and also part of the way how you sort of see people in life and how they, yeah. you know, you can also. Um, I've learned to get along with mistakes much better and much easier than before. Oh so that's, ha that's helped me a lot. And this book has also done a lot of work for me. And what are you most grateful for in life, Thomas? Well, now, that now. it's just happened. Yes, yeah. now. <laughs> I would say the probably the most grateful thing is my daughter, Tony, okay. who was just born, and she's uh, that is the most ma amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Wow, great. Fantastic. <laughs> and the very last question. If you could pick up the phone, have a short conversation with a 20-year-old Thomas Winter, what would you tell him? Well, um, <laughs> that's a good one. I'd say, well, first thing I'd say, um, I would I would say that don't change much because it's done very well up to now for okay. you. And keep going where you what you think about do it. And I would probably just give him one more advice for the 20 year old guy, um, because at that time I had big discussions with my dad about being a professional polo player or not. Uh, it yeah. took me another 30 years to become one. All right. I would have told I would tell him now do it. <laughs> <laughs> just go ahead. Right? Go ahead and start with 20, not with 30. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give you more chances. <laughs> Thomas, uh, thank you very much. Thank it's you. been a great pleasure it was a to pleasure have to you on the show. Thank and, you. And uh, wish you the best. Good luck. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. Thank you.